Jalen Brown might be good to go against the Warriors, plus rumors about Peyton Pritchard and mailbag questions diving into what Boston might do, who they might chase, and comparing the games of Grant Williams and Big Baby. Yeah, let's do it all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to the device of anybody who is subscribed. That could be you if you hit the subscribe button, whether it's on audio, whatever platform you desire, or on YouTube, ring the bell, get notified when I drop a new video, join a growing community of Celtics fans in the comment section there. I want to thank you for making this show your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales. I used to play professional basketball once upon a time. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Today, a lot to get to. We're doing a, mail, a few mailbag questions because people have some questions. The big baby question is coming much later. Uh, questions about the biggest challenge to the, the Celtics moving forward. Uh, the percentage chance that the Celtics make a move at the deadline. That's all coming up next. First, a few notes from the... Uh, the practice and the Wednesday in Boston Celtics lands. Let's start with Jalen Brown Celtics held practice. I was there at the hour back center and the first thing I noticed was, Oh, look, there's Jalen Brown in practice gear. And he was out there. Uh, Joe Mazzulla said he went through a full practice, no limitations there. He did everything out practice, which is good. Jalen Brown afterwards spoke to the media said, basically this was for lack of a better term, uh, a test. We want to see how sore, that area gets. He said after the 41 point game against new Orleans, he felt some soreness. There was really sore afterwards. He went and got an MRI and they determined it was a grade one, uh, groin pull, great, great groin tear, something, whatever grade one, which is minimal, right? This is so funny because a, a little, a little soreness nowadays. Yeah. Go get an MRI. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a little bit of fluid in there. It's amazing. They just, everything's an MRI. Oh God. Uh, I feel a little tired. Well, let's get you in the MRI machine. No problem. <laughs> Back in the day, you wouldn't get an x-ray unless a bone was sticking through your leg. But now they go, they check it out. They're cautious. He's had some issues with soft tissue injuries, the hamstring and all of that. So he went through practice, lifts, sprints, all of that stuff. They're going to see how the groin holds up. After all of that stuff, if he's fine, then he's good to go. He will play against the Warriors. If the team doesn't let him, then we can look forward to him some point on the road. But he's either going to come back against the Warriors or he's going to uh, come back soon. It'd be interesting to see kind of how he flows right back into things. Uh, the Celtics have done okay without Jalen Brown. But look, it was against the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant and two games against Charlotte. So they, they managed without Jalen Brown. 
I want to know what kind of lessons he took from all of that. The ball movement has been great. We had a couple of uh, 30, we saw a couple of 30 assist games out of the Celtics from, you know, wh- while he was out. And I'm not saying the 30 assist games are because Jalen was out, but the ball movement was really good. And, and I think Jalen, if anybody is, has the tendency to stop the ball a little bit more. Uh, Jason is certainly not, not far behind him, but the lesson continues to be taught. Celtics are better when the ball moves. So Jalen on his way back from the groin injury. Hopefully he'll be back from that in this game. All right. Brian Robb from mass live. Uh, my good friend, Brian Robb, who does a great podcast and covers the Celtics very well for mass live. My old job over there reports that Peyton Pritchard is uh, getting some interest around the league trade rumors and the Golden State Warriors are asking about Peyton Pritchard, which is interesting. Uh, but the 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 key thing here is that B-Rob reports Celtics have no interest, have shown no interest in trading Pritchard at this point. So I think personally, for I'm looking at this just from Peyton's perspective, he wants to go somewhere where he can play, where he can get minutes. And I'm sure he loves his teammates. And he loves it in Boston and, and all of that stuff. But he's not married to Boston. He's from Portland, Oregon. He's, you know, there's nothing keeping him here. He's, it's not like he's giving up an opportunity. He's he's basically, his opportunity is basically kind of falling by the wayside. He's He did pretty well in a couple of games when Jalen was out. He didn't do great in the last game against Charlotte. But, man, he is a hell of a luxury. So I understand from Boston's perspective, hell of a luxury to have when a guy goes down on the perimeter. Let's face it, Jalen might go down again, might have a hamstring thing, because that always seems to creep up somewhere. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon has a tendency, so far so good, knock on wood, but he is, you know, has prone to missing a few games here and there. He's a great guy to have back there. Marcus Smart, we've already seen it. He, he, t- he plays a style where he'll miss a couple of games here or there. Last time it was because of a, uh, a knee to the thigh. Maybe the next time it'll be because, you know, he got, you know, <laughs> whatever. Who knows? Who knows? Kicked in the face. You know, punched somewhere. Falls on top of, like, people in the third row. Anything can happen to Marcus Smart. Point is, having Peyton Pritchard, I know for a fact, Peyton Pritchard, having him here as a as an insurance policy is an incredible luxury. So, sure, keep him. That's fine. The Celtics may just say, look, we're, we're not going to package him. We're not going to trade him on his own. Fine. I still think that trading him as part of a package makes sense. I'll get to that in the second segment. But for now, on his own, the Warriors, I don't even think the Warriors have anybody the Celtics would really want necessarily. Uh, they might they might just be trying to say, hey, we'll give you a couple of picks for Pritchard. They're not in that spot yet. So it makes sense. But, hey, people are poking around asking if Peyton Pritchard is available, which is actually good news for the Celtics because if there's interest around the league, then he has value. And that'll be part of what I talk about in my answer to the first mailbag question after the break. Before I do that, I have to just, uh, you know, sad news for Celtics in the Celtics world. Chris Ford, former Celtics head coach who coached from 91 to 96, I believe, uh, died on Tuesday, uh, he was 74 years old. Uh, sad day, you know, especially for 
people around my age, you know, a little bit younger who remember Chris Ford. Chris Ford, famously, the answer to the trivia question, especially relevant nowadays, who hit the first three-pointer in NBA history? It was Chris Ford as a member of the Celtics. And, um, yeah, he made an important contribution. He was part of a championship team here in Boston as a player in 1981. And then again, as an assistant coach, a couple more, couple more times and just, uh, you know, all around by all accounts, uh, a great guy. I met him once when I was in high school. Uh, so I, I don't have a whole lot of personal frame of reference, but, um, Chris Ford, you know, what, what can you say? It's, it's tough. It's tough to, you know, add him to add him to a list of an unfortunately growing list of guys, um, that have made contributions to this team that are no longer with us. So, uh, thoughts go out to Chris Ford and his family. Uh, tough time. 74 feels, feels too young nowadays. 74. All right. I asked for mailbag questions. You can send them to johncorrales.com slash mailbag, johncorrales.com slash mailbag. That's the best way to do it. And I got a few and I'm going to share them. And up next, the percentage chance the Celtics make a move. A lot to get to in just that one little question. That's coming up in just a minute. First, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. We're in January. Maybe you're, if you're still sticking to that resolution of losing a couple of pounds, that's great. Built Bar can actually help you do that. You've added to that sweet tooth over the holidays, cakes and the pies and all that stuff. So good. For me, the Greek cookies and pastries my mom makes, Jeez, they're so good. All right, I gotta leave, I gotta lay off that. Built Bar is gonna give me delicious chocolate covered flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie and coconut almond and all of that, but with only about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. So you know what? I tuck that into my gym bag or when I work out at home, I can have one right after my workout. It's great. Go on a walk, take one with you. You can have it while you're walking. It's going to get you that little boost of protein that you're looking for as you're out there exercising. It gives you a treat. It's like a little reward for doing your exercise. And now you don't have to go to built.com. You can go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you can get 15% off your order. Stock up, go through all of their flavors and check out the sales that they have online. Great way to do it. But also... If you're running into Walmart, you can head on over to the pharmacy section and pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you belong to Sam's Club, head head over there and grab a 13-bar box with the hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. However you want to do it, you want to do it. Go to built.com or buy them at Walmart or Sam's Club. Do thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen Every day, plenty of choices for your second listen across the Lockdown Podcast Network. Lockdown NBA, I host Lockdown NBA on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. We had a good show this week. You can go check that out. Also, Lockdown Game to Game, which gives you both sides of the coin from each game, gets you really caught up uh, on the night in the NBA. They're both on the same feed, the Lockdown NBA feed, so check that out after you're done with this show. Again, I asked for questions on the johncorrales.com slash mailbag link. Hit that up whenever you want. Send me a question. I'll try to get to them. I sprinkle them in from time to time. And I wanted to get to a few of them here. I'm going to start with a question from Ja Winnie, who said, I was wondering what you think the percentage chance that the Celtics make a move at the deadline is. Who are some wing targets that could be had for either a TPE or lower-valued bench players 
or draft compensation. So percentage of the Celtics make a move. I'm going to say it's below 50%. I think they feel pretty good about the roster that they have. If they go into the finals or into the playoffs with this roster, I think they feel pretty confident they can get to the finals. Now, of course, they have tools, as we've talked about many times, to add to the team, to get you some insurance on on this team. The Celtics have a $6.9 million traded player exemption. That's from the Juancho Hernan Gomez trade. That expires today on the 19th. If the Celtics don't make a trade on Thursday the 19th, that exception is gone. So I don't think that's going to happen. So that's probably out. The next exception they have is $5.89 million. That's the Dennis Schroeder TPE. They have that all the way through the deadline. They can use, as I've said many times, the contracts of Gallinari and Pritchard, and that can get you about $10.9 million in return. You can throw in a Justin Jackson and get a little bit more than that, but that's about. So approximately 11 and change or so. Anyway, so that's those are their options. And when you look down the list of players that can be had in that uh, in that price range. It's sparse. The uh, ESPN had... <laughs> I, I love how I said the ESPN. I sound like uh, I sound like one of like a grandfather. Oh, did you see that on the ESPN? What they wrote about that? Oh my God. So no, on ESPN they said they they wrote a primer for uh, all the teams, and they said trade they'd like to see is Willie Hernan Gomez from New Orleans for a couple of second rounders. Okay, sure. I mean, uh, Hernan Gomez, uh, what, what's he making here? Um, Two point four million dollars. So that easily fits into the traded player exception that the Celtics have for Schroeder. Uh, I don't think they have another. Oh, they have the disabled player exception for Danilo Gallinari. He'll fit into that. That's another option. 3.2 million. They can use that to acquire somebody via trade. So that's an option. That's certainly an option. Um, You could do that and somebody. So it's possible if the Celtics really got aggressive and think chips fell their way, they could go and get, Willie Hernan Gomez, if that trade is possible, as depth for the bigs. And he just, you know, he and, and Luke Cornett can compete for minutes. If there's a need for, if somebody goes down, you, you can have some depth there. Sure. Um, basically, he occupies Noah Vonley's seat. Fine. And then you can do the Gallinari, Pritchard. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Alec Burks, but you know what? A lot of people are looking at Alec Burks. He, he fits into... The you can trade Gallinari and Pritchard and a couple of second rounders because I don't think I don't know if anybody's going to give up a first rounder for Alec Burks. That's a little uh, it's a little much. I think 
you can make you can I think put a salary uh, a package together to get Terrence Ross. I don't know if that's his his defense is going to be a problem, but you can do that. Burks makes ten million, so you can easily do that with a Gallinari and Pritchard package. But it was recently reported that if the Celtics wanted or or the um, any team that wants Alec Burks, they want a quote unquote tremendous return. That was uh, Jake Fisher that reported that tremendous return for Alec Burks is Gallinari, Peyton Pritchard, and a couple of second rounders. Is that tremendous return for Alec Burks? I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna classify that as necessarily. <laughs> tremendous return and and that's the problem what's what's the other team looking for um he's he's a good option he's got size at 66 you're replacing Peyton Pritchard with a 66 guy um you're replacing him with a 40% shooter he's shooting 45% for the 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 Pistons 40% last year for he's overall for his career, 38.5. He's in his early thirties. He's not going to wow you with his defense, but he's six, six. So he becomes your, he actually would take the Sam Hauser role. Alec Burks would be my guy. Now, the only thing I can tell you is tremendous return is very easy to put out there at the, beginning of trade season tremendous return is something you can say we insist on tremendous return at the beginning or middle of january yeah every team wants tremendous return for their guys if they're going to trade them no one's going to say hey yeah we've got alec burks and we're willing to take pennies on the dollar so yeah i mean that that's always going to be the message that's out there the issue for the Celtics is a lot of teams are going to be looking to add shooting with some size. A 6'6 guy who can hit 40-plus percent of his three-pointers? You think the Celtics are going to be the only team knocking down that door? No. So the issue becomes not just, hey, who do the Celtics want and who are they going to go get? It's what do the Pistons want and how many people want Alec Burks or players like that? And what can the bidding war lead to? Will somebody give them a first round pick? If somebody does, then congratulations. The Celtics should not give up a first round pick for Alec Burks. They just, you can't, you can't do that for the same reason why you couldn't, you couldn't do it for Jakob Pertle. You just don't want to tie up all of your future picks and, and, and create a circumstance where you got no, you got no draft picks and, and you're, you're stuck without any picks. First of all, without any picks to kind of maybe get some help later in the draft that maybe somebody can come in and, and help out or that you could move for a better player. If you're, if you're getting Alec Burks, man, you, this is it. <laughs> they better win the title this year. If you give if you're giving up first rounders for Alec Burks and you make your move with second rounders for for Willie Hernan Gomez, 
then this the pressure's on. The pressure's on. This is the year. This is the year. And maybe, maybe this is a strike while the iron's hot. The Celtics are the best team in the NBA right now. The consensus kind of believes that the Celtics are going to be tough to beat and they're going to be in the finals, even with Milwaukee and people believing that Milwaukee can make a run. That's all fine. It's all well and good. But the if you if you're going to do it, this has to be the year because next year the pieces start to go away. You don't have your Alec Burks. You don't have the the same uh, role players. And you also probably don't have a lot of the same motivations that are going on. Things change from year to year to year. It's hard to keep it consistent year to year to year. If the Celtics do make these moves, which I still, I'm still not hundred percent sold that they're going to, I don't think so. I still think it's below 50%, but there are some names out there that they could pursue. And if they do go all in, and trade the end of their bench and their depth, and they move Gallo, and they they kind of reshape the end of their bench to give this team as much possible depth as they can for this one season, then they better go win it all. That's all I got to say. All right, going to come back with more questions, including the biggest challenges for the Celtics in the playoffs. And I got something to say about what Dray- Draymond Green said about Celtics fans. That's coming up next. First, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting information. Anything you need when it comes to sports betting, and it's a popular thing now. A lot of people uh, are enjoying a little extra skin in the game, makes the games a little bit more exciting for them. Uh, you can go to BetOnline.net, get everything, stats, news, and analysis. It's all over there. Plus, you get the latest odds and trends for every pro sport, amateur league that's out there. Uh, NFL, <laughs> big NFL betting time now. Playoffs are, are rolling. Uh, it's all over there. They've also got sports podcasts. We know you love this one. So you can maybe find a new one over there at Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting information. Head on over to the website. You can do it on your mobile device. Bet Online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Finishing up the mailbag here. I had a question from Michael who says, assuming health for all teams, which teams in the East and which in the West do you consider the biggest challenges for the Celtics in the playoffs? So I think obviously the first answer is Milwaukee. Everybody's first answer should be Milwaukee. That's a team that the Celtics should fear. Um, that's that's going to be, a, I think, the, the biggest challenge. Giannis is the best player. Uh, that the Celtics are going to face in any of these matchups, uh, even 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 against Brooklyn, I still think Giannis uh, is is the better player, more impactful, does so much more. So M- Milwaukee's number one. Look, but any of these top four or five teams at full health, at full strength, yeah, I, I think Philly could be a real challenge. Any of these teams is going to be really really difficult for the Celtics. The, the last thing I think the Celtics want is for Miami to to get fully fully healthy and fall into the play in tournament let's just say that they they sputter and they they fall in into the 8th seed i don't think the celtics want to see miami in the in the first round that would be a big big challenge you want to say biggest challenges a team like miami at full health falling to eighth 
somehow, uh, that would take away a big advantage for the top seed because now you got to go through a grind of a series. You know it's going to be a grind of a series. And then you got to go and face another tough team because the winner of the 4-5, whoever that is, is going to be a tough team. There's The 4-5 in the East is going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal because there's going to be there are two teams that are going to have will have had good seasons, good seasons. Pick pick one of these teams: Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn, Cleveland. One of those teams is going to lose in the first round. One of those teams is going to lose in the first round. The way things are going, that's brutal considering how good they've been. And then the winner of that series goes to Boston. So if if Miami goes into the eighth seed, which I don't expect, but for the sake of this question, that would be a worst-case scenario because then you go Miami, no matter what, it'd be a tough series. The 4-5 winner and then probably Milwaukee in the conference finals. That's a gauntlet. And then the finals in the West? (laughs) No thanks. Uh, who would be the toughest matchup in the West? I mean, obviously Golden State, they've been there, they've done it. They they do know, uh, they do have obviously a formula for beating the Celtics. So you don't want to see that again. Uh I don't honestly, all the, the worst challenges for the Celtics are in the East, in my opinion. Uh, because I do think they had the advantages over every one of these teams. Memphis would be very difficult. Uh, obviously, I'm. I, I feel like all I'm doing is mentioning good teams. All the good teams would be a challenge for the Celtics. Memphis with their style of play and Jaron Jackson Jr. I say they're probably the number one threat for the Celtics in the West. You got Jaron Jackson Jr. as a potential Defensive Player of the Year. You got John Morant, clutch, just shooting well from three and making crazy plays. You got shooting all over the floor. You got a big, strong guy in Stephen Adams. That's a team that. I think the Celtics would be in the finals, but if I'm looking out west, that's that's the one team I probably don't want to face in the in the finals. So that's my answer to Michael. David has a couple of questions. <laughs> Can you compare the games of Grant Williams and Big Baby? Different styles, I know, but who do you think is better? I think Grant Williams is better. Obviously, I think Grant Williams is a much better player. He's more polished. He's more poised. He is more in control. I think Glenn Davis played with a ton of emotion and fed off of that emotion to go, do good things, but also it led him to do kind of like, you know, kind of get uh, carried away. There's a reason why he flamed out after a while, and it wasn't just the weight. I think Grant is a better shooter, but D- Grant is just a much more in-control player, a, a much better basketball player. I think Big Baby had incredible talent and he had size. He was one of the, you know, huge guys that, that moved like a, a, you know, had, had some level of, I'll call it grace to his game. He, he was, his footwork was really good. He was quick, quicker than you'd expect a big guy to be. But Grant, first of all, is in better control of himself and in better control of his game. So, uh, I would, I would say grants all day, 
all day, all day, all day. Um, better off the dribble, a better shooter, uh, a better teammate, all of that. Next question. Should the Celtics be looking for Rob more on lobs? Should they be more actively involve him in the offense? It doesn't look like the lob threat is as big a part of the offense as last year. Is it me or is he blocking less shots than last year? If so, why? Well, I don't think he's blocking less shots, but you know, I, mi- I actually missed that part of the question the first time uh, I read it. So I'm going to quickly look up the Robert Williams. Um, I can't believe as I'm doing this, you know, when you are looking for something, you go past it like a hundred times. Uh, let's look up the Robert Williams block percentage. Okay. It is down. last year, 5.1% this year. Up from, I mean, interesting, 12.5% his rookie year block percentage. Then 8.4, then 8.6, then 6.8, then 5.1. So that's dropped a bit. So I think part of it is kind of like the minutes and working himself back in. Let's see where that settles. Uh, But I think I'm not worried about the block percentage. That'll be fine. The block shots will be there. Is the lob threat as big a part of the offense as it was last year? No. No, it's not. Because, and I think this is a good thing in a way, because we're starting to see more of Robert Williams getting the ball in the high post and facing up at the elbow and about, like about you know, 17, 18 feet away and hitting guys on cuts, which is what we want him to do. We want Robert Williams out there running handoffs and then getting the ball back and setting picks and and finding guys with passes. So there's going to be some of that that um, takes away from some of the roles. And I think think last year's offense was just different than this year's offense. All this is to say, I'm not worried about how they're incorporating him. I think he's going to be a a bigger part on uh, of the of the offense, but There were, I did highlight on Boston Sports Journal, a couple of plays from maybe a week ago. I think might have been in the Brooklyn game. So yeah, last week where the Celtics kind of missed some opportunities for Rob. And look, it's always going to be there on these pick and rolls. There are always going to be moments where if you're not seeing it right away, you got to pick it out right away. And if you're not seeing it right away, then the the lob goes away. You know what I mean? Like, y- there's a moment where a guy steps up, and you got to see, oh, there he is, and and throw that lob. And if if the timing isn't right, then he will have started to load up for his jump and then given it up, and then he won't be ready for it, or the defender might have come back. So they'll figure it out. I think I don't think now is the time to fully evaluate why or or fully fully evaluate the full impact of Rob on the offense. I think give it give it some time, let these guys work in, into it. Got to remember they played almost half the season without him. And as much as they've played multiple seasons before this with him, the habits that they've built this season didn't include him. Now you've got to give them some time to build those habits again. It's it's not exactly like riding a bike, but even when you say it's just like riding a bike, 
the first time you get on the bike, it's a little wobbly. It takes you a little while to kind of get back into that setup. It's more like skiing. The first time you get back on the skis, you're very wobbly. It takes you a little while to get into that comfortable flow. So give him, give it time. I want to wrap up by addressing what Draymond Green said about the Celtics fans um, in the NBA Finals, which, according to Draymond Green, uh, amongst the taunts, which were vulgar, okay, you know, there's a lot of F you, Draymond. You know, that, that's going to be part of it. I think every player should expect something like that. But he did say there were use of racial slurs. The N-word was, was used at the Garden. And I just want to say that that is incredibly upsetting to, to hear. And if you are at a game and you hear somebody using that language, you got to report that person. You got to get that person out of here. You got to get that person away from, because there's just no room for that in any kind of interaction with any other person at all. There's no room for it in sports. There's no room for it in person, in, in society. There's no room for it anywhere. So I'm not here to question, as some people have, as I've seen, whether that's actually true or not. If he says it, then I believe that it happened. And if it happened, we got to stop it. How does that stuff get stopped? It's you and me and everyone around us at these games. At each game, there is a, an announcement about fan conduct. There's a number that's given at the games that you can memorize, write down, put down, take a picture of the Jumbotron, whatever, however you want to do it. There's a number there. And if you hear that stuff, report it. Kick those people out of the building, get their tickets revoked, ban them from the games forever. That's what we need to do. You have to understand, those people have to understand that. That behavior is not tolerated in decent society anymore. It's not tolerated. It never should have been. It's not cool. And the Celtics and Boston do not need things like this to perpetuate the 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 stereotype of Boston and Bostonians. We're done with that. We're done with that. Make it better. So if you're at a game and you hear anything like that, see anything like that, get that person kicked out. Get that person kicked out. That's it. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. We're done with it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. I'd like to really thank you if you're watching the show on YouTube. And I hope you are uh, a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. Uh, if you're still here at this point, I would hope that you'd say, hey, yeah, that's a good idea. I've stuck with this, stuck with you this long. Let's subscribe and get more of these. I'll be here after the Celtics and the Warriors game, much, much later podcast because of all of my Boston Sports Journal obligations. So subscribe and it'll be there for you in the morning. Or if you're around the world, or on the West Coast, maybe it'll be there at a time where you can listen and watch. So 
If you are a subscriber, I'd love it if you shared the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.